Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. For a time, the best-selling crime author Helen Field and her family lived in the United States. And while many aspects of it were extremely pleasant, even idyllic, some others were so disturbing that she eventually moved back to the UK. Helen's last, latest book is called The Last Girl to Die. Afternoon, Helen. Good afternoon. Uh, now, The Last Girl to Die, the, uh, I suppose one of the themes in the book is a family relocating. Yes, yes. This is something that might have a bit of a resonance for you. It does indeed. Yes, we moved to America. Uh, we lived there for three years. Um, I uprooted my husband and my three children. Uh, we disappeared off to California. Yes. <laughs> Though in the, in the case of the book, they moved to a completely different place. It's, it's, it's the kind of wilds of Scotland they moved to. Absolutely. So, in fact, it's um, coincidentally, it's an American family who leave California <laughs> and move across to the Isle of Mull. Um, uh, you know, a gigantic change, um, and it's all it's all tied into that change, and it's all tied into the location and the sense of community and what it's like to be an outsider. That is so, well. That's so interesting because I suppose, to a degree at least, it's the opposite of your experience. Yes, it is. I mean, we moved from uh, Hampshire at the time to busy Southern California, um, but yeah, a relatively small small town within busy California. But even so, the scale of it is is very grand. Um, and we were kind of ready for it. We knew America a little bit. And uh, the difference with the book is that as a family who really who have to move, it's not a choice they're making. They hit a peculiar set of circumstances in their life and they're really looking to run away. So they're looking for somewhere where they won't be known. Uh, and that's why they choose Mull. Also, there's a curious because I, I, I read a piece you wrote about your experience in, in, in California, but though particularly the rather harrowing experiences your children had. That yes. the, the, I suppose the, the family in The Last Girl to Die lived in a place where violence is almost normalised to a place yeah. where it's not, but yes. ironically encounters some violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, when, when we were in California, we had a, a horrific moment, although nothing happened to my children, nothing happened to us, where uh, my children's school, my daughter and my son were both at at the time, and they were only 11 and 8, I think, uh, went into an emergency lockdown. Of course, as a parent, what you think is it's going to be a school shooter because that's what we all hear on the news. That's what we know. And it was a situation where the police were involved and there was somebody on the grounds and it was all very disturbing and horrific as a parent to get that phone call that says the police are here, the school's locked down, don't come, Um, which of course there's no way that works. Every single parent in the district immediately flew into their cars and went to the school. Um, But, uh, you know, and you get used to living with the threat of violence, even though certainly the place we are in, violence wasn't a common experience. It wasn't every day for us. Mm. It is in other parts of America. Um, And it's it's kind of there's an undercurrent. That's the problem with it. Of course, places like Marlin that I write back, I write about, and Edinburgh, where I often write my books, um, there's very little violence. These are very peaceful communities, and so when things happen in those communities, it's utterly, utterly shocking. Yes. I think what really scared me about America is the extent to which um, people are starting to get used to living with violence. That's that. That's my takeaway from it. It's that's horrible. Your daughter, when that classroom went into lockdown the, the, mm. how did that affect her and and the other kids in her class who perhaps yeah. had experiences before how did it affect them 
Well, I have to say that the problem with the lockdown is that the children are trained. I mean, the schools do a great job in America of doing shooter training and they teach them all. You run to the nearest classroom. doesn't matter if it's your classroom or not. The door gets locked, but the door gets locked after 30 seconds. And then they know that it, they're on their own. They've got to go and it, whether they hide in a bin or a you know cleaning locker or the loos or they just run for the exits, they're just told to hide and they're told that they're not going to be let into a classroom. And that goes from a very young age. And you've got seven-year-olds, six-year-olds knowing that if they aren't in a classroom, the door will be locked. So the problem is that they've had these drills put into them quite rightly but the difficulty is then when they are locked in a classroom, the door gets locked, the shutters go down, they huddle at the back. They are waiting for something terrible to happen. And until they know that everything's okay, you end up with a lot of very scared. Um, my daughter's experience was there are lots of children around her crying, um, you know, expecting something really terrible to happen, worried about siblings. They don't know if their brothers and sisters at the school have made it safely or not, and they don't know what's going to happen. And the problem is that just going through an emergency lockdown is shocking on its own. Mm -hmm. And it just brings it home to them because these children, it's not hidden from them. They see it on the news, you know, their brothers and sisters talk about it. They, they hear about school shooters all the time. You can't keep it from children. It's too widespread. Um, and so just the act of going through the lockdown was quite a shocking experience. It was quite scary. And I think my daughter's takeaway from that was that how the other children reacted, you know, the extent to which their fear was really immediate. Um, and, you know, that's not, you don't want children ready for this. Um, they have to be ready so that they can react properly because it does save lives. But, you know, you don't really want your child going to school thinking, well, this could happen to me today. And it's where you were living was, is a lovely part of the world. Yeah, did yeah it's you, beautiful. Did, was that fear, though, evident in adults as well around you? It was definitely adult, uh, evident in the adults who were parents. I mean, there's a sense as a parent when you send your child to school that you know um, that you've got to be on your on your guard, you know. And the, the problem with it is when your phone rings and your child's at school, you sort of think, you know, is this the phone call? Um, and it's not every minute of every day. That's not fair to say that and to portray it that. But there is just a constant undercurrent. And, and I think other adults are just becoming increasingly aware. Our friends were becoming incre increasingly aware of this rising level of violence and a real divide in America, which makes people react very strongly, uh, very, you know, not, not just violently in terms of physical violence, but you see it on social media, people getting into arguments about something that should be something we can talk about or maybe disagree about. And it becomes this awful clash. And there is a growing sense of that in America. We felt it very strongly, um, especially as we were leaving, mm. which was during the pandemic, that there was a sense that everything has become boiling point. Um, every conversation is a boiling point. All politics are. And uh, it's, it's honestly a slightly scary place to be. Do you fear for the future of it? I do. You know, I, I don't know how that that divide is going to be brought back together. I don't know what can be done to um, bring karma heads in. Uh, I think the politicians, uh, some of the politicians, the people who should be making it better are making it worse, which is a terrible thing to think. You know, we don't put people into positions of authority for them to create a greater divide. That's not what this should be about. Mm. And I don't know how it's going to get better. 
Uh, I do think that there are different sides of America on a, on a collision course at the moment. And certainly there's a sense out there that you either live in a blue state or a red state, and you've kind of got to choose very carefully depending on what your beliefs are and also how you want to bring your children up and what education you want them to get and what beliefs you want them to have. Um, so America is um, a country of two halves, very much so at the moment, you know, uh, and possibly never more so than it has been Almost since the Civil War, you know, America mm. is desperately divided and it's become quite a vicious division. You'd wonder, and I mean, would I assume it made, it made you appreciate when you moved back to the UK uh, how, yes. uh, um, uh, how calm and relatively safe it is. But you'd yes. wonder what effect those divisions in the United States may, may ultimately, if they get worse, may ultimately have on the rest of the world. Yeah, and I think it's it's slightly the social media phenomenon, uh, which is that, you know, these things start in one place and they spread out and they do affect people. Certainly they affect people in terms of the way people think it's okay to voice opinions. Now, we've all got a right to speak, we've got a right to voice our opinions, but we do have to be mindful of the uh, impressions we give younger people, of the uh, impressions it sends out into a wider society. That's the thing I see spreading out from America that I don't like very much at the moment. It's the sense that everything can become something you can grab hold of and use as a stick to beat other people. And we've lost the ability to really listen. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that concerns me about what's happening in America at the moment. The listening uh, that we should be doing to each other is gone. And I do worry about what people look into America because America has traditionally been put on a pedestal. And that's not what, certainly not what I want my children to look at. It's one of the reasons we left and think, oh, you know, this is great this is a great nation this is how democracy works because it really isn't the name of helen field's latest book is the last girl to die helen thanks a million for talking to us today thank you bye-bye moncrief brought to you by avant money think you're getting the best value from your bank think again weekdays at 2 p.m on news talk